Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. <laughs> hey, what's up? I'm Tommy Teebs Pico. And I'm Drea Washington. And we are Scream Queen, a podcast about scary movies. For people that are not typically depicted in scary movies. Um, so what's up? What's going on? This is episode one. We're here. Um, we've been talking about doing a show like this for a couple of years. I, I think it started in the back room of a bar. Um, and I've been the thing is I've been knowing Dre for like ten years now. And one thing that we always could talk about, one thing that we always came back to is scary movies. Have you seen this? Have you not seen this? That person did that dumb thing. That person was killed like this. Do you remember that time that guy got punched to the head? Like over and over and over and over again. We thought it might be a good um, look for us and for you if we tried to turn this into a show. The way we're going to break down each show is like the three-act structure of a commercial film. Act one is a short segment. Uh, we play a little game. Act two, we're going to talk a big game. And act three, we leave you each week with a scream queen. So this week, act one, we're going to play a game of what I would have done was with Sarah Michelle Geller in I Know What You Did Last Summer. Andrea, I know what you did last summer, and it was disgusting. Um, excuse me. <laughs> Rude. And uh, act two, we're going to talk about, because this is our first episode, we're going to talk about origin stories, both how we came to horror and how horror came on us. <laughs> Sorry. My, my parents are going to listen to this, just so you know. And uh, our act three scream queen this week is one Jada Pinkett Smith from Demon Knight. And because when I proposed this to Drea, she said, don't sleep on CCH Pounder. We're going to CCH Pounder. <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. I also would like to add that our producer, Alex, does not see scary movies, will not see scary movies, but she did see Annihilation. Did you see Annihilation? Yes. Okay, you remember that thing called The Shimmer? Yes. Well, when The Shimmer hit, so did The Edible, and producer Alex had a full-on panic attack in that Aww, movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if those two things go together. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Um, but after her full-body freakout, she once again vowed to never set foot in a theater uh, to see a scary movie ever. So, vicariously, she lives through us. Yes, exactly. So, <laughs> just think of this as us guiding producer Alex through the films. Yes. Take it away. Okay, act one. What I would have done was, with Sarah Michelle Gellar in I Know What You Did Last Summer. Do you remember this movie, Drea? Of course. So basically, uh, four teens, uh, played by Ryan Phillippe, uh, Freddie Prince Jr., She's All That, and Sarah, uh, no, and um, Jennifer Love Hewitt, uh, they run over a man on the 4th of July, and instead of calling the police because of their white privilege, they decide to throw him into the ocean... Oh, after they're bullied by Ryan Phillippe. After they're right, 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 because Ryan Phillippe's a drunk, and he's also it's also his white male cis privilege or whatever. Um, then they throw this body into the ocean and um, make a pact to never mention this again. Surprise, surprise! Homeboy doesn't die, and he shows up a year later with 
fish slicks and a hook hand writing this note, the titular note, I know what you did last summer, and basically terrorizing these teens. Now, Sarah Michelle Gellar as Helen is a bird. There's no way around it. She's a bird. You know what I mean? She eats bird seeds. She rides on bird scooters. She's a bird. She's a beauty queen. Yeah, prom queen, beauty queen, all that, all the above. Um, But she has like one of the, I think, grandest chase scenes in all of 90s horror movies. Like she's got, I mean, if we're talking about this as a genre, you know, the late 90s slasher fix, which I used to say Gen Air. (laughs) And one time my mom was like, what the fuck is Gen Air? It's genre, you ignorant bitch. (laughs) Jeannie doesn't play. She didn't want me out in these streets saying Gen Air because it would reflect badly on her. (laughs) Um. So uh, at the center of this movie, Sarah Michelle Gellar gets chased by this dude, right? And she's like at a beauty pageant. She gets Ryan Phillippe killed. Then she's like um, gets a police escort home, gets the police officer killed. Then she's like uh, goes to her family's uh, own department store, gets her sister killed. You know what I mean? She's like running through the store, getting chased. She gets up to this like pulley thing that looks like a big exposed like dumb waiter. She gets to the second floor. He follows her up there, slashes at her, misses her. She falls out of a window into this alley with this like pallet board and um, like uh, cardboard that like breaks her fall. And she's hobbling like this has gone on for like 15 minutes at this point. Like she's got like her dress is all akimbo. Her eye makeup's running. She got one shoe off. Like she looks like me coming from a sex party, like tired. You know what I mean? (laughs) Uh, But then finally, like the fireworks flash. And she sees, like, not far off is the parade, the main parade, the main 4th of July parade. So she just starts at the end of an alley that is um, filled with rubbers. And by rubbers, I mean that go on cars, not the kind of rubbers that you'd normally think of. So get your mind out of the gutter. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So it looks like a clear shot to the parade, right? Like, she's in the middle of the alley. And then she takes a second to look back behind her. And then look forward again, right into fish hook or fish licks with the hook hand. And it's just like she has fought for so long. Like she fights harder than Julie James played by Jennifer Love Hewitt. Like Julie James gets saved. Like Helen didn't get saved. Helen had to keep running. Right. And at the, so at the very last second, she decides to hesitate. No, 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 no. So what I would have done was you just have to would Flojo look back. You know what I mean? Never. No. Flojo looks forward and tilts her head forward. You mm-hmm. got to be like, you think you're better than Flojo, Helen? Come lean on. In. You got to lean in. That's what I would have done. I would have leaned in and right, ran right into the center of this parade. That's what you need. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. That's what I would have done. Okay. I feel you. Mm-hmm. I feel like there was a, I'm not sure if she, Sarah Michelle Gellar pissed somebody off on set. Maybe that was like a spiteful writer. Mm-hmm. Like to make the audience go through that and then just take your girl out right there it was pretty rude i would have been like listen i'm buffy the vampire slayer you uh, again I mean? and like, this is i'm the chosen one you can't have her playing this character over here and then bitch gets caught up over here no she's like fought all kind of demons and vampires and shit and you mean to tell me she's been through it fish slicks with the hook hand took out the girl mm-hmm. no Mm-mm. no and miss party of five is gonna save the day <laughs> No, never. Uh, what did they say on uh, that scary movie parody? Jennifer Love Huge Tits. <laughs> <laughs> what are you waiting for? <laughs> that scene, like, I'll never forget that scene. Yeah. Like, the aerial shot, like, look at my new tits. Yep. Look at my new tits. Yep. And I'm going to save the day. And oh. this is believable. Fun fact about that movie, though. Did you know? So if you if you watch towards the end, remember when she gets caught in the boat and she's, like, in the, the frozen room? 
Yes. All kind of ice and like all the bodies are in there. Yes. Well, if you pay attention, first of all, like um, you can't see her breath. So, you know, the room isn't actually cold. Second of all, the ice jiggles <laughs> like her titties <laughs> because it was actually made out of gelatin. Oh, wow. Yep. Yep. Fun fact here on Screen Queen. A bitch can't stand a cold. Mm-mm. We reached the act two main discussion topic of our first episode of Scream Queen. And our first topic of discussion is on origin stories. Um, It's like origin stories are always difficult, but I think particular to scary movies, um, if things are ill-explained, it can maybe feel like laziness on the part of the writer. Or maybe they don't fully comprehend the material that they're dealing with. Or if it's over-explained, it kind of like maybe pushes it into a direction that the film didn't really need to go. Um, I'm thinking a lot about Halloween, which there was really no origin for Michael Myers' evil. He no, was he's just, just evil. Yeah, like um, the like his count like uh, his therapist or whatever was like he just has the eyes of pure he's like he was called the void he was just pure evil um and i don't think and then the 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 rob zombie adaptation in the in the aughts he tried to give michael myers like a backstory and the thing is i don't think that halloween called for one you know, I think that movie was all about mood and um, atmosphere and music. And I don't think it, I don't even think we we realized that Laurie Strode was his sister until the second episode, you know, or the second um, until the sequel. I think actually he's um, he's her uncle. Uncle. Yeah. 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 So I didn't. I, yeah. There wasn't even really a family connection in the first one. So giving Michael Myers that degree of a backstory, I thought was kind of a, a swing and a miss, if you will. Yeah, I th- I think um, my main issue with that movie I rewatched like part two or yeah part two when they he just de- demolishes Octavia Spencer as the nurse in that movie and it is so brutal and there's just not only is the story unhappy but this, the movie just is just dread the whole way through. Mm. There's no like there was some kind of like fun like there was like a ambient I don't know the the best way to explain it but joy. There was some joy in the first Halloween. Mm-hmm. There was the music was was fun and was playful, but this movie was just like it was just emo as fuck. It was bleak. Yeah, it was bleak, and there, it and didn't then feel just, like anything redemptive. Yeah, and yeah, and then again he again he beat up Octavia Spencer. I didn't for, realize he beat up Octavia Spencer. Yeah, she's the no. Nurse. Yeah, yeah, no, he, he throws her around the hospital. No, mm-hmm. that's not that's rude. Frankly, that's rude. But I will say this about Michael Myers. He looks very tall. <laughs> like, I want Michael Myers to choke me to literal death. Bitch. Like, I want Michael Myers to so rip the teeth out of a gas station attendant and then rain them down on me when I'm taking a shit in the gas station bathroom. You know what I mean? I want oh him goodness. to terrify, make it hail <laughs> with somebody's teeth. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> um, but, okay, so, uh, like, okay, another origin story. So, um, last night, Drea and I watched the Dario Argento Demons, and we're going to talk well, it's, uh, it's uh, Mario Bava, actually, but it was, they're kind of, it's like a collab thing. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, we're going to talk about it on a future episode, but like the origin story of that was like Nostradamus has like a demon mask and then homegirl cuts her face on it and gets like this atomic pimple and then everyone turns into and then it's like uh, a whole like um like uh like demon apocalypse. Yeah, it's a movie within a movie and the movie's explaining what's happening in the movie. And these motherfuckers still don't quite get what's going on, even though it's happening all around them. Yeah. But it's explained in front of them on the screen. And it's like, 
What? <laughs> this drama says the demon mask? Like, I don't know about that. <laughs> um, so we're going to kind of get into it with uh, the recent Smash, Summer Smash, uh, Ready or Not. Um, but before we get into that, I thought it might be nice to for our listeners to get to know us a little bit and our particular origin story. So, Drea, I believe, I fully believe that you've seen literally every scary movie on the planet. So your love of horror to me is unparalleled amongst people that I know. Um, so how did you how did you come to love scary movies so much? Um, you know, I think it goes back, you know, further than I even realized. Um, I've heard stories, that, you know, in passing of like being taken to the movies as an infant to go see aliens and stuff like because my mom didn't want to get a babysitter. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and then I looked it up. It came out in 1986. I was less than one years old mm. when we went to go see that, but I didn't act up. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think right there I was set. And then um, having two older brothers and my parents not realizing what the fuck we were watching, mm. not knowing not to monitor things, you know, mm. or to monitor things. And um, the main thing that just uh, solidified it was my aunt's VHS collection, which was just immaculate. She mm. just had everything. For, I still have the original tape uh, that she recorded Killer Clowns from Outer Space on. <laughs> and yeah, those things have left a mark on me, uh, good and bad. <laughs> well, it sounds like your parents weren't overly um, like helicoptery about like what it is that you consumed. They, they, you know, even if they knew to be, I don't think they would have been. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, especially back then, p- parents were clueless. They didn't know what the hell was going on. Well, I similarly, I think my parents had like 752 jobs and on the res, it was just like, there's no, there's no babysitter. You know what I mean? Like Mm -mm. you are your own babysitter. Yeah. And so my cousin Steven and his brothers, they had much like your auntie, they had a huge VHS collection and a lot of scary shit. And uh, I was over at their place when I saw Creep Show, um, the one where the tar gets that lady it gets that there's like tar in the blanket. It gets all the group of friends, and yep. you see boobs. And I was like, boobs, <laughs> <laughs> boobs, boobies. <laughs> uh, and so, um, and that was like my first, I think, experience of a scary movie. But it was within the context of my friend, like my cousins. You yeah. know what I mean? It was like it's something, a communal thing. Yes, and so it became like I think sort of less frightening. But I just sort of realized that before that, actually, my father and my brother took me to go see Lost Boys when it was in the theater. Uh-huh. And similarly, I was too young for that to be for that to be a look oh, on especially me especially your jumpy ass my i mean okay <laughs> <laughs> word to the wise uh drea uh, anybody anybody actually i am maybe one of the worst pe- persons to watch a scary movie with because <laughs> not only do i have to have seven layers between me and the screen at all times <laughs> anytime something happens anything minute happens my ass is screaming hollering and jumping up in my seat so <laughs> yeah i've uh, experienced this on many occasions <laughs> be forewarned um but then i so i was in that theater and i lost my mind like I, it was so scary. People were eating each other, ripping each other apart. Roofs was coming off of and cars and shit like vampires. that. And you know, it's confusing me because I'm also like, I'm looking at this man and I'm like, oh, I'm gay. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like eating people, and I'm like, I don't know how to feel about this. My sexuality is in tumult. <laughs> sexy sax man. Uh, sexy sax man. And then my dad, like, he just flips out. He fully flips out on me. And the thing is, like. My dad has a lot of rage issues. And I remember him flipping out, you know, hitting me in the face with a checkbook because it was anything that he could get his hands on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I'm mean, sorry, Naomi Campbell. Exactly. <laughs> uh, my dad is Naomi Campbell, yeah. Uh, I mean, at that point, it's like anything 
anything my parents could get their hands on was a weapon in their eyes. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, as long as it was like my grandmother, she, she's the one who'd be like, go cut me a switch. And I'd be crying while I was like trying to cut the switch off. And like, I just knew what was going to happen. And the wor- the only thing that's worse than cutting the switch is it's not me. cutting the switch. You know uh, what I mean? Because she's going to get you. That's she get her a bigger house. one. Oh, she knows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, so my dad was like getting pissed off. He's like yelling at me and I was crying. And I, in that moment, I was like, oh, that thing on screen that's not the real scary thing. Yeah. My dad is the real scary thing. Hmm. And the scary thing on the screen actually kind of helped me put that into perspective and mm-hmm. helped me process it. And it gave me an arena of like where the fear was sort of fun. Yeah. You know, where it was, it's like a roller coaster. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's you a thrill. Yeah. And it's like sort of like in Ali Wong's comedy special where she's like, I don't want to die. I just don't want to know if I'm going to live. <laughs> like, just give a little thrill. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so it definitely helps me with that um, in general with like rage issues in my family. Yeah. Um, but like, what kind of kept you going? I mean, like, like you're saying, like, it is therapeutic in its own way. Like, it's a, I don't think it's an, okay, maybe it is a bit of an addiction. I do like the, the, the feeling of just like, I feel like after I leave a scary movie, certain amounts of anxiety have drifted away. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like you're saying, it puts everything into perspective. Like my drama is not that drama, mm-hmm. and I can I can work with what my life is. It's not that shit. Right, 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 right. Um, and yeah, I've never really seen any other genre that has has so much freedom, and also is people are has so many haters mm-hmm. like people really like there's still not a category for it at the oscars mm-hmm. not that i give a fuck about the oscars mm-hmm. but there should be a category for this there's so much creativity that goes in not just the makeup but imagine being able to do that uh expressing something through people don't want to talk about violence and these things but it's a part of our lives these mm-hmm. things happen around us all the time mm-hmm. and if you can kind of put a little bit of humor on that i don't mind it it kind of you know spin it for me i'd appreciate it and usually used like by some shitty politician to talk about like, oh, this the reason why there's violence is like there's there's like violent movies. But it's like, no, actually, it's because there are no gun laws. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and, and they also- talk about this and these, you know, John Carpenter and they live like he talks about these topics. And if you'd pay attention to these films, you know, like we could actually learn a thing or two. Mm-hmm. Maybe we would keep, you know, like as we say, like keep repeating history. Mm-hmm. But we don't listen to these weirdos the underground scene whatever the hell you want to call it uh, but i appreciate these kind of directors and i the weirdos we're a better world because of these people mm-hmm. yes and i think too it's a way of turning it's a way of turning subtext into text mm-hmm. you know what i mean because it's like horror is a sharp enough genre that when you get it right it really uncovers an anxiety about the culture mm-hmm. and i think like do you want to talk about Candyman? Yes, we can talk about Candyman. Let's talk about Candyman's origin story. Yeah, uh, a solid origin story. You know, a former slave uh, turned a renowned artist, and he has an uh, interracial relationship that people grew very jealous of. And so they, basically they cut his hand off, put a hook on it, cover him in honey, and let the bees sting him to death. You know, very over the top. Mm-hmm. And they could have left it right at that, you know, and then he, he should just be exacting revenge on those descendants. Yeah. And that's where they missed a beat. Kind of fucked up on the movie. And you know what? It's actually like, it, it does, it, I mean, it is theater, so it does. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. 
Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Have a, a flair for, for drama, but it's also not untrue. Like, people will, were killed and continue to be killed in those ways. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, what it taught, what it the the kind of um, history that it was poking at with lynching, you know, and the fact of like that seemed to me to be kind of like um like a like an Asian horror film, like mm-hmm. The Grudge or something like that, where like there's an anger or there's a a rage so deep that it creates this ghost that then comes back. So like Candyman comes back because if you say what Candyman in the mirror three times, he comes back to kill you or whatever. Yes, which that that promotion of the movie, I also want to say, terrified the shit out of me as a kid, mm. you know, and just the the image of him and that idea of like, it's, what is it? Uh, the other chick you talk into the mirror. Oh, bloody Mary. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, like I'm sure you played that game as a kid, going to the bathroom oh, and yeah. try to say that shit. And, you know, that in itself, it was the, the, uh, the legend behind him or whatever. And even though this is a brand new story, it felt like this, this is again, it's, uh, representative of a lot of things mm-hmm. it, this has happened not in this way i don't think that's actually ever happened exactly like that perhaps but not. i don't i don't know i don't know i don't know, I don't know. like <laughs> people are awful to each other uh yeah um, yeah they're, another they're reason, capable of a lot of bullshit another reason why i continue to go to scary movies though i will say they're great for dates um because like oh yeah cuddle up ooh, yeah the <laughs> amount of times i've been like uh-oh it's getting scary i gotta grab on your bicep <laughs> So it's good for the birds and all of us. <laughs> the birds. Um, but I, I want to go a little bit further in this talking about turning subtext into text and talk about Ready or Not. Did you like that movie? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know you saw it twice or three times. Four times. Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, the Alamo Draft House in downtown LA is a fucking amazing. It's turned uh, me it's, into an addict. Yeah, it's a problem. <laughs> I, I have a big problem with that place. It needs to like not be two blocks away from me. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, let's talk about turning subtext into text through the lens of Ready or Not, that late summer human sacrifice movie. Did you like the film? I did. Yeah, um, I thought Samara Weaving did a really good job uh, as the bride. She fully sounded like a wild animal by the end of it. Her scream had a vibrato, I gotta say. I want to know what her singing voice sounds like, but, you know, her screaming voice, top-notch. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, now, the subtext of this movie is that, in my mind anyway, is that um, all money is blood money. And that. so the, the origin story of this one is that this um, generationally wealthy family made a deal with the devil in order to get rich. And they have to they have to pay on that debt by every generation sacrificing somebody. They have to get blood for money. Um, the text, or like the sub, the, so that's the text. The subtext is that 
generational wealth in this country is built on uh, indigenous um, genocide and the theft of indigenous resources and the legacy of slavery in Shit's this country. Evil. You know what bad. I mean? That, but they do like rich people have made a deal with the devil. Oh, absolutely. In order to and they've kept it wealth. in the family. Yep. And we're living through this right now. And those systems are still in place. <laughs> mm-hmm. But for the purpose of the movie. All right. So. I think um, this is a documentary, actually. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, National Geographic, for sure. <laughs> um, so, long story short, a bride, played by Samara we- uh, Weaving, marries into the generationally wealthy Ladomas family, known for its playing card, board game, and sports team-owning empire. After the wedding, it's tradition that the immediate family p- play a game with the bride, determined by the enigmatic puzzle box, and decided by the spirit of the Ladomas family benefactor, Mr. LaBelle, the devil. <laughs> or whatever the fuck he is. Or whatever the fuck, flame monster, I don't know. <laughs> They hail Satan in that movie. So have you seen uh, yes. Sabrina? Oh, I thought you'd say, have I seen Hail Satan? Oh, Sabrina is wonderful, too. Yeah, because they they hail Satan all the time in that movie or yeah. that TV show. That's yeah. I don't know what this fool is that they're praising. Mm. <laughs> Lebeau, but so the, the story behind that story is that the great grandfather of the Ladomas family was a merchant seaman. Seaman. I'm not saying <laughs> I know where your mind goes. <laughs> your your mind. <laughs> and um, your mind. in one of these sea journeys, he m- meets Mr. LaBelle, um, and they play games of chance and definitely not butt fucking each other. But in my movie, that's probably what happened. Um, and then the great vo- great grandfather solves Mr. LaBelle's puzzle box, and Mr. LaBelle promises to fund any Ladomas financial venture in the future. At a cost, and that is that this what we said they have to do a human sacrifice every now and then, um, and it seems tedious, and it is, and it's very intricate. But I, it didn't take away from my enjoyment of the movie. No, no, it was perfectly like enveloped into the movie. Like I, I just liked, I liked the whole flow of it. It was just fun, and it's not that I haven't. I feel like I've seen this movie before, but it, it was done in such a stylistic way that it didn't. It didn't feel played out. Yeah. And I, I wish I, I want to go see it, you know, a couple more times. But um, yeah, I got a lot of enjoyment out of the first, first and, round. Yeah, And the idea, of course, is that um, if they do, if they don't make good on the blood sacrifice, the family dies. Yeah. Um, and if they do, then they get more wealthy because like every single gen. This is what I was thinking anyway, because what he was saying was like they don't pull the hide and seek card that often. Oh, and uh, oh, spoiler alert. <laughs> oh, we can record that and, and, and put I'll that just in the say beginning. it. Yeah. Um, but the, the the so the the dad was talking about how Ed, the business had started out with card games, and then in his father's generation moved on to board games, and then his generation owning sports teams. And in my mind, that meant and they they very rarely get this hide and seek card. But I'm but what I think is every time they get the hide and seek card, they get to move up. So they moved up from card games to board games, board games to sports teams. So that was I thought the what was going on in the background of that film. Um, and then of course, like when they don't end up killing that woman, they all pop like blood bags in <laughs> one of the most epic very scenes enjoyable. I've ever seen in my very, entire very life. Fun. And she, when she just starts laughing, I was like, "Girl, same." Yeah, <laughs> and I like that they all all turned out to be trash. I was I was like, yeah, she went through all that trying to save her man. But like, nah, you, you could have just left. You could have. But they needed to go. Here's the thing. Her man sucked. 
He's piece I did of not shit. like that man at all. Yeah, why did why did you bring her into into the first place? And then you're trying to save her? No. Why did you bring me he, here? Why did that is okay. When they were talking about that and it was like the very middle of the movie. Do you remember when he goes up to her when he when he finds her and they're like in that they're in the the um the 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 servants quarters or whatever and she and he's like you know um she's like why didn't you tell me and he was like if i told you you would have left uh, so let her leave yeah, you know they, what i mean thank you give me an option yeah <laughs> oh, so he was willing to potentially sacrifice her life in mm-hmm. order to own her in marriage mm-hmm. And then that motherfucker dies. So, like, from that point on, I knew that that motherfucker was not a good guy. Yeah. And I was just waiting to see what would happen. Because the whole time they were trying to, like, get him back to the family, get him back to the family. Bitch, kill him. Yeah. And was it Adam Brody? Is he the other brother? Adrian Brody. Adrian. No, Adam. Adam. (laughs) Adrian is the one who I want to rearrange my guts with his nose. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) I hate you. You got a nose, though. You know what I mean? I want him to. (laughs) Same. <laughs> well, what was Adam Brody? Uh, Adam Brody. He was the one like you think he's a a gluttonous piece of shit the whole film, and he's kind of over it. But then he kind of there's like a little like ray of hope there, yeah. and then he dies. He like saves her and then dies. Yeah, yeah and it's yeah. like okay, just fuck all y'all. Yeah, burns <laughs> to the ground. I mean, what he said was true though. Yeah, he was like, we deserve to die, yes. and it is true. Yes, and because he made that statement, I'm like, I want you to live, but <laughs> you done done you done some dirty. Dirty deeds. D- dirty deeds done dirt cheap. You know what I mean? <laughs> and for a lot of money. That guy, but okay, how do you feel about the kids blowing up off screen? Um, I well they, okay, they had to do that for the R rating. They couldn't show the kids. They also they limited a certain amount of blood that was shown on the film so they could kill off more people. Uh, yeah, they gave they got more kills, less blood. But it was still satisfying. It was so to all the listeners out there. Uh, don't do us wrong or you're going to explode like blood bags. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're at Act 3, our screen queen of the week. This week, she's going to have to share a title, though, because it's Jada Pinkett Smith in Tales from the Crypt, Demon Knight. That's night spelled K-N-I-G-H-T. Um, and because of her particular love of this character, we're also going to, at Drea's behest, we're going to include CCH Pounder's Irene in this as well. So, Tales from the Crypt, Demon Knight. I loved this movie. Mm-hmm. I loved this movie. It came out in 95, so I was like in fifth or sixth grade. And I remember having like a special issue of Fangoria that was just based on Demon Knight. Maybe it was Fangoria, maybe it was something else. Um, and this was like, I owned it and I was obsessed with it before I ever saw the movie. Because I don't know, because the imagery was amazing. Yeah, and it yeah. was like um, a, a group of people in a in a boarding house fending off demons, like one after the other. And end. a diverse, a pretty diverse group yeah, of people. Yeah, yeah, you know? So the director, Ernest, Ernest Dickerson, Dickerson yeah. um, had said that the producers wanted a white girl. In, the, yeah. in Jada's role. Yeah, Jada was like, that. it's a miracle that she was even cast as that character. Yeah, and, and but he had just seen Menace to Society, mm-hmm. and he was like, that's my Geraldine. Yeah. You know, I want that person as my Geraldine. Mm-hmm. And eventually the producers or the studio or whoever, they gave in, because I think she probably came in and blew it away, as of I'm course. sure Jada is wont to do. Again, like you said it, like, I mean, just, we, that's an iconic look, mm-hmm. and just... She's a she's a tiny package, but she you know she's dynamite and yeah. like her presence on screen is very powerful. Listen, when she had on she because she, she's got this like short blonde curls. She had on the headband and her tight tank t- the, tank the white tank top. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> uh, I was getting major stud energy from her, and I was like, hmm, 
I would definitely let Jada pig me. I would. I would let Jada pig me. I'm just saying. <laughs> in that role. But I love the way that in character movies, she really knows how to chew that scenery. Like when she's Fish Mooney in Gotham, mm-hmm. she's like, you can tell she's having so much fun with that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's like, why? I don't know why people keep sleeping on her. It's like, how did y'all forget? And this is also right before she really got to show her, her shit off and set it off. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, this yeah. is a, a year later she did that. And The Nutty Professor. So this is right after Menace to Society and also, um, was this after A Different World? Yes. Yeah. So um, Ashley Blackwell of GraveyardShiftSisters.com called Jada our first modern black final girl. Absolutely. And it's like not something that would have happened in the 80s. And then on that alone, this movie like is just very important. Yeah. Um, so the the plot is basically that um, Frank, who's a demon hunter, seeks refuge in a new in a New Mexico boarding house that used to be a church, and a motley crew of locals help him keep this key thing containing Christ's blood from the Collector, a demon trying to jumpstart the apocalypse. Jada plays Geraldine, a convict on work release, and CCH Pounder plays Irene, the tough owner of the boarding house. Let's talk about CCH Pounder. I mean, she's everything. Uh, that's my auntie. That's like <laughs> one of the original aunties right there. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so we both know the probably one of the most iconic scenes in the whole movie is when our girl Oof. gets, you know, gets that arm like bent the fuck back. Yeah. <laughs> Rude. So what happens is this. So the collector played by Billy Zane and I'm not going to lie. Well, we'll get into Billy in a second. <laughs> we'll get into Billy in a second. But uh, so the. Uh, um, <laughs> The CCH pounder, Irene, tries to, like, kill a demon. The demon uh, bends her arm against a door frame and breaks her arm off. Yeah. But she she uh, had the nerve to go against that guy. Nobody else was trying to do it. Yeah. And she took charge. And even throughout the whole movie with one arm, she was handling shit. Yeah. Handling shit. I mean, she's, like, tough, no-nonsense broad from the beginning. From the beginning. You know? But then one arm, she's like, okay. Like... <laughs> See, like it almost made her tougher. Yeah. It, def- it definitely did. Yeah, and uh, she she was more capable, honestly, throughout that whole movie. I think she she had like a, a pretty much a Rambo face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think um, you know it's good that they shine the light on Jada, but we know like it was she was lifted up by Irene. Yeah, I mean Irene is the one who like took a chance on her. Irene is kind of is her auntie too. Yeah, you know what I mean, like in a, in a sense because no, she's absolutely. just like absolutely. she's like you know take care of your shit. I feel like she's tough but fair. The way she's talking to her, you mm-hmm. know, that's tough love. Like knowing, mm-hmm. like she comes from knowing, and she's mm-hmm. like, I don't want you to fuck up again. And we don't know what Jada did in jail. Like, what'd she do to get up in there? I don't. What did she do in there? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also the 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 cop, the dude who was yeah. with CCH Pounder, he's actually native. Uh, you know what? I heard that, and then, like you wouldn't know that he's lighter skinned but he was the dad in um smoke signals oh my god yeah yeah okay yeah yeah yeah. okay wait a second i'm trying to think um not the guy that's you're not talking okay not okay the cop not the guy that's hunting down billy zane the other guy the sheriff the sheriff yeah yeah the guy that gets his head punched in no the other one (laughs) (laughs) so another thing that is great about this movie is it has some of the most iconic death and dismemberment scenes in any movie i've ever Mm -hmm. seen and a Tales from the Crypt dismemberment is particularly special. I mean, here's the thing. Tales from the Crypt, don't get me wrong, it's goofy. It's always been goofy, but it also scares it the shit out of me. It was violent as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was 
I mean, the Crypt Keeper, it, that's what kind of sets the tone. So it's like, we can ease into this. And I'm a goofy motherfucker. And then it, it gets real weird. <gasps> it's just like my poetry. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I love Tales of the Crypt so much. I ease them in with a joke and I'm like, now we're getting weird. <laughs> it's about to get gross. <laughs> Let's talk about some of the death scenes in this movie. First of all, one of the cops gets his head punched in. Mm-hmm. Like, the hand goes all the way through. By, uh, by Billy Zane. By Billy Zane in a cowboy hat. And a trench coat. Mm-hmm. His fine ass. The collector. Oh, Lord. How tall is Billy Zane? Uh, let me look it up. Give me a second. That's important information. That is important information. It's going to frame the way that I think about him for the rest of my life. Billy Zane height. What's there was up, another, baby? the kid who was into comic books in this movie, he like six turns foot. In, um, okay, we, we'll, we can fuck around. Oh, nice you're, you're a six fun. two and up. I forgot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> This all the better. You said he's seven. He's seven two. You said he's, Billy Zane is seven no, two. I said your your type is six two and up. Okay, I'm just hearing what I want to hear. At this point. <laughs> <laughs> seven two. I didn't know Billy Zane was seven is two. Is it like Shaq seven two? Oh, anyway, I'm done with you. I'm not gonna. Uh, so this. yeah, the the kid who's into comic books, he turned into like some kind of tongue demon and like ended up uh, mortally wounding. Uh, Frank or whatever his name was. Yes. Uh, there was when Cordelia, the prostitute, turned into a demon and ripped Wally's face off. Poor little Cordelia. Poor little, just wanted love. She just wanted some love. She just wanted love. And she's getting beat on by a Thomas Hayden Church. Yep. His Roach. His country ass. His country ass. He is a fucking misogynist. Well, the character of Roach is a misogynist. Yes. I don't know anything about Thomas Hayden Church. I don't know about Wings. Uh, you know yeah, and about? Wings, he didn't seem that way. <laughs> <laughs> I also like that there were like a ton of practical special effects that were amazing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, the I love me some green ooze in a film. Mm-hmm. Plenty Glowing of that. Eyes. Yeah, I yeah. love that weird chalice. That it's like a pip chalice or whatever. I'll drink it out of. <laughs> and that's got like the special juju sauce in it. I don't know what's going on with that. And also Jada is really cunning in a way that, you know, because like here's the thing. Um, if there's like sacred, like, okay, inside of this key thing holds the blood of Christ. And um, it can be collected from one demon hunter to another. Yes. And what she does is she like puts the blood all over her body. She like basically bathes in this blood so that when she and Finally. she swallows or she doesn't she swallow she puts it in her mouth because well, she puts the blood all over her body and then yeah. when Billy Zane tries to get her he starts burning so he puts a, um, a shower curtain around her washes her off yes but that's when she puts the blood in her mouth yeah and, and spits then it in his and face then spits it in his face and then homeboy dies the problem with Geraldine um, it, it was just the build up I wanted her to be kicking ass a little sooner in the film mm. and again it's like we know how badass she is but it's just she doesn't really get that moment until the last like 20 minutes of the film. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it, they just the writers let her down in that way. Mm. Like she needed just a little bit more. I wanted some more backstory on her. That's an example of backstory I wanted. Mm. Well, a little bit more origin story on her yeah. character. And well, they you should. Know she, it's not too late for them to make a movie about that. That's true. But, they, you know, she was all she was obsessed with that kitty cat. Uh. I'm trying to, the kitty cat? She had a kitty cat. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Random kitty. shit. And, but they she was, and she was into that kitty cat. Yeah. It's just like that was where they gave information, but it wasn't enough. I'm mm. like, wait, who? What? Why? Okay. Maybe they were just trying to say something about her character was into. Fucking <laughs> 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 <Okay, laughs> obvious and shit. Uh, so, Jada Pinkett Smith and CCH Pounder in Tales from the Crypt Demon Knight, we salute you. Yes, we do. Scream Queen is produced by Alexandra De Palma and Domino Sound with theme music by Doc Allison. I'm Tommy Teebs Pico. You can find me at Hey Teebs, H-E-Y-T-E-E-B-S on all relevant social media. And I'm Drea Washington. You can find me at Hey Girl Hey, that's H-E-Y-G-R-L-H-E-Y 
on Instagram. And our Scream Queen Insta is Scream Queen Podcast. And you can find us at ScreamQueenPodcast.com. In the scary movie of your life, you better Scream Queen! Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.